The Deep Dive presents the Fifth Year Option NFL Draft Podcast with Andy Molitor and Vegas Refund, powered by Betsperts. Hey, you guys watch anything cool lately? Um, maybe you're listening to this as a podcast, and not immediately following Aaron Rodgers. Public, I'm going to call it a meltdown. Like I, I know he was keeping it together, but boy, a lot coming out of that. I just I didn't watch any of it. I kept up with it. Twitter. Congrats! Should we congrats to Wingo's Wingo. <laughs> yeah. Wingo, like like he he, he, he said what he said. He stuck to his he stuck to his guns, and he was right. I mean, he's got so nothing good, to lose. Good on him. He doesn't put out a ton. But like when he does, I feel like maybe we should have taken that into account. Like, hey, this guy doesn't break news often, but when he does, it's it's right. So, congrats to the Jets. I know people are betting the Jets. It's fun. Uh, this is a draft podcast, though. It doesn't probably materially change a ton of things about how either of those teams draft. I don't think the Jets were <laughs> the Jets were in a weird spot with quarterback, but we kind of assumed this was happening. But it is free agency. It's been nuts the last few days. How have you been doing keeping up with it all, Luke? I'm just happy it's over with in terms of the Rogers stuff. Like, oh God, it's just so annoying. Like, we knew he was going to go there. It's a, And Jets fans just wanted, like, a confirm, which you just got it. So please shut that hell up So I'm yeah. totally over it. I did think it was funny too the fact that there's this there's a chance that the Jets get uh, hard knocks now, like they are one of the teams that can be forced to do it, and like oh, and we're gonna have to hear about this all summer now. This is gonna be a whole thing, but deal's not done. Sounds like uh, the biggest takeaway from the whole thing was basically like that he is I'm trying to think of like the worst thing you can do on the last day of work, you know. <laughs> Like, you know, it's like not stealing a bunch of office supplies, but like sabotaging, you know, like sending a horrible email to like your biggest client or something. You know, he did kind of screw the Packers on the way out here as far as their leverage in the draft or in the in the trade. I think they did lose some leverage by him coming out and being so public and saying this. I want this. Make this happen. I don't know if that's actually true. That's just kind of my feelings on that. But otherwise, yeah, he blamed the Packers. He's not going to blame the Jets. He's not going to take the blame himself. So that leaves the Packers in terms of who he's going to blame. Um, yeah, but it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting, but a lot of other good news. And I think we're going to just kind of tackle the biggest free agent. Some of them aren't the biggest splashes, but we're going to, we're going to posit it by these are the biggest free agency moves, whether it's a signing, a trade, a team losing a player or certain players that we thought it, probably affects these teams as far as uh, their first round draft strategy, because that's what we're looking at a lot of this free agency stuff for is, you know, uh, Hey, this team, you know, the Bengals just lost both safeties. We sure they're taking a tight end uh, all of a sudden, you know, if, yeah. if, if Alabama were to slip or, you know, if they were to move down, take another safety, something like that. There's a, a ton of that. I don't know. What do you think the biggest free agency news was, as far as impact to a first round draft strategy for a team? Um, I would say a combination. I think the, the most obvious one is the cornerback situation and safety for the Eagles, which Slay looks like he's out. I'm not sure about what the other two, it seems like the other two might be coming back, but still like losing Slay, losing it just free agency is making the number one 10 pick to the Eagles feel more and more like a corner, um, which I know the Lions signed one. And it does seem like it's progressively becoming more of a top four is going to be quarterbacks. And it's pushing the guys like Anderson and Tyree up, which might follow the Lions. And now the trendy pick for the Lions is Tyree and not Christian Gonzalez anymore. And the cornerback market, honestly, Gonzalez came down over the last two days, which I think is a combination of the assumption of the Lions not taking a corner anymore because Witherspoon was really never a great fit for the Lions. And the clear spot or obvious spot for a corner is the Eagles. And I think Witherspoon has some love going to the Eagles, maybe over Gonzalez. I think the Raiders and Falcons are still interesting spots for a corner. But Gonzalez's odds have come down from like 
minus 250. I think he's in like minus 180 right now. And Witherspoon's gone from plus 400 a couple weeks ago. And now he's like plus 180 on DraftKings. Yeah. And I did, I did tighten up some things and my, I'm still working on the actual, I'm having a lot of trouble from 10 through 31, but I have, I have a new top 10, which I'll talk about as we go through here, new mock draft. I just wish today weren't the day I need to finish all my golf betting and finish mm-hmm. up all the brackets I haven't done yet. Although I don't have a lot of time this afternoon to finish up this mock, but every time I start doing one, something happens like, Oh no, that affects a lot of things. And, and then I, I'm running in, I'm running into the problem. You say, cause yeah, Bradbury did re up for three years. Slay is yeah. gone. Corner remains a need, but, and I, I put, I put this to you in the chat before we uh, even got on the air here. I said, in my latest top 10, I still go quarterback, quarterback. I, I did end up going Will Anderson to the, I'll just say it. I, I went to Stroud just for the fact that the market likes it and it's a fine placeholder for now. I don't have to be right on March 15th. I did go Bryce Young to the to the Houston Texans with the, the you know, how much they've apparently like him. I went Anderson to the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are in rebuild and have so many needs. Anyway, might as well just take this really high talent and then, uh, Levis to the Colts with the you know the body type size fit, and then it got and then it gets hard. Like it does get hard because you have a couple of teams that could be looking at quarterbacks, but you're not sure if there's actually some flirtation with Richardson. I went Tyree Wilson to Seattle, and then just looking at the situation for the Lions, I think they still draft a corner, like because they're they're uh, the other option probably is to trade the pick. But they've added, you know, they've added pieces to the front, and the secondary was so bad. I mean, it is the absolute biggest weakness they had last year. We remember some of those games where they were giving up massive yardage through the air. So I ended up just going Gonzalez to the Lions, Richardson to the uh, Raiders. I just <laughs> I went with it, and then the the real goofy fly in the ointment becomes the eighth pick because it doesn't appear that you know if Richardson's gone. Falcons aren't taking a quarterback at that point. It's probably too early to be snagging a wide receiver. Uh, you know, the two two really good edge players are gone. You're not you're probably not going down to the Clemson kid at this point. So it becomes like, do they just take Witherspoon at that spot? You know, they've added a safety. You have a good cornerback one. Like, what do you want to just make that your your defensive backfield a, a, a strength? Instead of a you know a liability, you add a really high end corner, and then I mean, and this has all been leading to this. I just went Jalen Carter to the Bears because Christ, at that point, somebody has to take him. Even right. Somebody in the chat mentioned a bad pro day, but then I, I run into the tenth spot. He didn't have a bad pro day. He just didn't do the pro day. I didn't do much. He's there. He just isn't participating. Yeah, um, good good point by Ryan in the chat saying the the Richard. Uh, Richardson to the Raiders was 40 to one jumped to 14 to one with the Jimmy yeah. signing. I didn't mind That's that. And then I, I run into the Eagles and I, this is where I want your opinion. The Eagles are sitting at 10th in my unique mock draft. Now all the quarterbacks are gone and we've gone Tyree and Anderson and we've gone two quarter cornerbacks along with Jalen Carter. So at that point, do you get weird and just take your favorite wide receiver? And again, like I said, with the lions, do you make, your wide receiver room, a, a huge area of strength or I, I, what do you do with that pick? It's a, it seems like Porter's a reach at that point. Uh, I guess kind of maybe not, you know, but the wisdom right now is saying he's going to go a little later than this Joey Porter jr. Uh, I, I would trade back, I guess. Uh, it's hard to mock a bunch of trades in the middle of the round when you're just doing these, but I've run into a really tough spot with what the Eagles should do if the top two corners are off the board. Yeah, it's – I mean, if the top two corners are off the board – and, I mean, they very well could trade back. He that One of the more aggressive GMs out there. Uh, but I'm right now I'm kind of functioning under the assumption that one of the two will be there. Um, which the Eagles at 10 is like one of the easier picks for me to mock just a corner um, where the lines are tough. And I mean, I was part of that. I took some Richardson to the Raiders two days ago when it was like 40 to one, um, which that's just like, it makes so much sense. It's, and I feel like I'm just 
I just keep saying it over and over, but Richardson to the Seahawks or Raiders just feels so much like a situation with Trey Lance. And right now the trade, like, I feel like we're like stuck in a loop with this trade where, and I know like the, it's different, like the options where the Niners had the third pick, the Panthers have the number one pick, but this just but feels it's, so it's, much. It's the same feel. I mean, you're right. It's the same feel as when the Niners traded up and everyone thought Mac Jones was a lock, which is CJ Stroud right now. And then yeah. you have this inexperienced athlete, which was Trey Lance, that there were rumors. There was always like the tweets, like we think it's Trey Lance, et cetera, which it was Justin Fields first. And then I went to Trey Lance, which – they took trail and it was, and it was, Mac, it was Mac for a decent time too. Right. It and that's where well it could have been. It so again, so again, back to the Eagles pick at 10, like I almost, I almost, I felt like this was cheating, but I almost said, I need to go back and just not trade, not draft a cornerback in my mock for either the, either the lions or the Falcons. And that makes this easy and nothing ever is a no brainer and we're still a long ways out, but <clears throat> I think it, it's as close to a no brainer when you're doing this is if one of those two top corners is available at 10, 10, 11 are just cornerback offensive linemen. And you can pencil those in with like permanent marker at some points, but it does feel like cheating where I said, well, I still think the Falcons might just take a corner here and, and then it puts the Eagles in a spot of bother. And I agree with Brad in the chat here thing. They should trade back at that point, even if it's right. just trading back partway through the first and, you know, taking Porter or one of the other cornerbacks. So it's uh, it's it's hit me with a stopper here because it's like it, taking a wide receiver feels a little early. They don't they need interior help on the offensive line. Taking one of the top tackles doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So just the value that's there at that spot is kind of a weird spot. And it's funny too. We've said all these nice things like, Hey, they went to the super bowl and they get a top 10 pick. And it's funny that I'm, I'm saying, well, this sucks. Like they're in a weird spot for what they need. And I do feel like a guy like Van Ness just feels like he keeps creeping up in, in, Eventually, he might even make it into the top 10, um, which that's an edge rusher that I could see very well going in the top 10, whether it's Eagles or et cetera. Um, And I threw together like a gut mock before this. It took me like, I want to say 90 seconds. Just did it. Um, And I had him going to the Patriots, but which when you do it on like mock draft database, they don't let you edit it, which like I'm glad. Um, but immediately I hit some in and I wanted to It's a pain. Things. You have to start all the way over. Um, or or yeah, you type it all you into a spreadsheet and move it around. But no, and, and that was a big thing. Van Ness has had some steam behind him, the edge rusher from Iowa. Uh, I did look at that. I said, what would I do if I'm the Falcons and I don't take a cornerback here? I said, you know, that it's way too early positional value to take a linebacker. It's way too early to take a wide receiver. You took a wide receiver at this spot last year. You're not taking a quarterback, obviously, uh, just with the, the moves they made and the fact that they're all gone anyway. And Van Ness came up a couple times for me. And like, it was basically like, do they go Van Ness or do they do something really weird? And that's kind of uh, kind of the other thing I landed on there is you know maybe they take Van Ness and then Witherspoon falls to the Eagles so yeah it's, 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 it's this Lions thing has created a bit of a cascade for sure here it's been odd yeah and I feel like if the Falcon if Gonzalez is there I think Falcons are an interesting spot and then if he's not I do think a tackle is very much in play where you got Ritter you want to maybe, I guess, test out this year. And then assuming if he doesn't work out, they're going to have another top five pick with crazy QBs next year, uh, which when you draft a QB, usually you're drafting a tackle either the year before or the year after, um, which Skaronsky or Paris would make a lot of sense at eight. Like, I don't think that's a reach for either of them. Um, but Yeah, it just – it wasn't – you know, with, with the re-signing of Caleb McGarry, it's not a, it's not a need – I'm trying to think who their left tackle is. This is Matthews. Um, it's not a huge need, but depth never hurts, and they just have needs everywhere at this point too. Yeah. So, I'd like it to be. I'd like it to be an edge. Uh, if I don't know when's did we have Clemson pro day already? It feels like these pro days are no. really getting lost. 
they're not getting a ton of steam. So yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see like if if Murphy if Murphy continues to rise and people like him, maybe it's a spot where he can slide up. But he was like a guy that slid into the top ten and like early early mocks, and then for some reason fell. And I don't know if it was just combine stuff or kind of wisdom of the crowd, but uh, like as Dan's pointing out, and Dan's a big Falcons fan, like an edge rusher would be great. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's kind of a weird. There's a few teams where you don't get everything you want. Sometimes you get a top ten pick, and the you know the players that you absolutely need are going right ahead of you, and that sucks. That's how drafts work. Um, what was the other? Yeah, I, I think the the Lions. The, the, the Lions' decision is a huge kind of turning point in the first part of the draft, even maybe more so than the quarterbacks. Like, what is your worst case scenario for the fourth quarterback off the board? Pretend it's anybody. It can be, I mean, it's probably one of two guys, but where do you think the lowest you could see the fourth quarterback going is currently? Seahawks at five, I would say. Yeah. It just it started it started pretty high and yeah the the first over under I bet that was up for like an hour was the Richardson under sixteen and a half and I when that reopens it does f- oh, man where would you where would you put that if you're a book just looking at the teams in need in terms of an over under for Richardson yeah if you're, you're setting a Richardson over under right now do you set it in in between five and seven or not I would make it four and a half. I would I would have gone five and a half, and just juiced the piss out of it to the under and made people pay for it. Yeah, but you have to. I mean, four and a half. You are you have like the Seahawks as an option on the other side. Like five and a half, everyone's just gonna destroy the under. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I guess it wouldn't even matter what price you put on the over or uh, on the juicy side. So, okay, I'm I'm down with that. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can live with that. I mean, uh, we got we got NBA draft first, second, and third pick out, but we just don't have it for the NFL. And I, I truly think they're just waiting for free agency. But I'm starting to get restless, and I'm starting to get yeah. yeah. And, and it's true, true, truthfully too that a lot of the free agency that's happened and a lot that will happen, it isn't going to affect the draft that much. Yeah, a lot like, of the stuff it, that happened know, hasn't. Yeah. It's it's like hey these are some big moves but you know the Bears weren't going to draft an off ball linebacker with the first or ninth picks anyway so like these have no bearing and those are big signings by the Bears congrats to them for building a team around linebackers I guess so see I worked in eighty five but and like the uh, Cardinal everyone assuming like right now after number one got traded now everyone's functioning off the assumption that the Cardinals are going to trade their pick almost as if it's going to happen, as if like the Bears were going to trade that pick. And that is another thing that makes it a little bit dicey because ter- usually they're, they put the over-unders out with the top guys. It's like top five guys that are the consensus people, like guys in the draft, which the assumption now being the Cardinals does create somewhat of an issue where if you want to – It's tougher to set an over-under when you're assuming there's going to be a trade and maybe there isn't. Um, yeah. Just immediate lightning answer. Lamar's a, Lamar is a Raven next year, correct? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the cap space for a lot of these teams is quickly getting eaten up. It doesn't feel like he moves. So at this point, let's just assume the Jets thing is for real. Uh, it really, I mean, that's 99.9. It feels like the car has landed. Garoppolo's landed. Lamar remains where he remains. Like we even got a Baker Mayfield signing. Like the quarterbacks have landed. We haven't had much movement in wide receivers. Thielen's out there. Sounds like Judy. And I mean, maybe all three, three names in Denver could be moved. Hopkins sounds like it's a decent chance to be moved. There's still Odell Beckham Jr. out there. It's hard to speculate because there's too many guys. I started to do this. I'm like, who changes their you know their draft strategy by signing one of these wide receivers? There's just so many teams that would be happy to have any of those guys. And I would say I it's it's tough to say like, oh, this team is just out on drafting wide receivers because they signed Tim Patrick or something like that. I mean, it's tough to say anything about this team, but the Patriots have to do something. Um, where Matthew Judon had a, a 
phenomenal tweet that for a Patriots fan would be awesome. Um, but I think if the Patriots make a couple moves, it could definitely change what the expectation is, which usually there should never be an expectation on what they're going to do. But at least the mocks are definitely going to fluctuate from like Quentin Johnson at 14 or whoever to probably a tackle. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was just the next question. Let's say, let's say we we get the dream, and because they've there's reports the the Patriots have asked about basically every wide receiver or looked into at this point. I mean, there's rumor every year. Like it was Odell three years or five years ago. I mean, it's it Odell Stephon, Then it was Diggs. It's like basically if Belichick has ever had any video footage of talking to an opposing player during a game, we assume that he's going to have interest. Like, yeah, which I, I agree with you there too. I think, I think if, and where the, where they are in the draft. And again, it's another spot where, Hey, you guys are sitting at, you know, 14th. It's not Skaronsky. And like, you're assuming the two top tackles are off the board almost certainly at that point. And if they do, like, let's just say the dream Hopkins, Hopkins heads to Foxborough, something happens like that. You do wonder, uh, well, you wonder what kind of capital they'd have to give right. up for that uh, and what kind of cap hit they're taking on a guy like that. But it does feel like it just goes to tackle. And at that point, maybe a trade back because Patriots have been known to trade back once or twice. So, yeah, it feels, it, it, that was in my mind. It's like if they get their wide receiver, if they make a splash in free agency at wide out, they're not drafting 14th. Like they're just they, they yeah. can't get the top end tackles. They might as well move to the back of the round and and take another guy from you know freaking Chattanooga. They're like literally like Saban calls him up like Tyler Steen. This is the guy. They trade mm-hmm. back. They get Tyler Steen late first, etc. Um, but yeah, the, it, yeah. Good luck mocking the Patriots. Yeah, um, and, that, and that's where I'm at with the wide receivers. I wrote I just wrote down all the wide receivers. And I started looking at teams that could be, and there's just so many teams. So it's kind of a sit and wait. I don't think you can make too many assumptions on that. And the same thing with like Eckler or, I mean, Zeke yeah, I was going to say Bijan is, Bijan is the other one in terms of free agency because you got Zeke leaving, Eckler demanding a trade, who are two teams. At least the Chargers are very much. And currently, based off mocks, they're in his range. 21, kind of the sweet spot. Uh, you still assume he's probably going to – I think I saw something. I forget. Maybe with Charlie Campbell that he won't make it past 18 or top 15 at the very least, uh, which Amico had a gut check mock top 10 yesterday, and he put him at number eight, um, which I'd love to see Bijan on turf. Um, but, like, the Chargers and Cowboys, I think, are the two favorites for exact team right now. Yeah. Uh, which – there's never been a worse time for running back value. Um, but yeah, Dan says Cincy. There's there's a few landing spots like that I'm makes sense. It's, Cincy. it's just yeah, it's it's just they might have to they might have to move up to do something like that. It does it does feel like somewhere in the you know Green Bay's not taking a, a running back at where they're sitting. <sighs> Washington not super likely, but uh, honestly Pittsburgh not that likely. If he makes it past a certain point, somebody's either trading up or it might just be falling. Yeah, like I think he's going to go really early or he's going to like make it to the Chargers. Like I don't really see like the Lions signing Montgomery. Like I know they're not the same, but like it's just like Swift is still on the roster. Um, Yeah, a fun a fun landing spot I I would think would be Tampa Bay just for me, because it does seem like they're just shedding cap space and they're fine being in a little bit of a rebuild mode. And that's, that's fine. Like that's a good spot to be in, to have a stud running back in, in two years after you figure out the quarterback and add some more pieces again. Um, I'm not sure what, what to make of the NFC South altogether. So yeah, the, the, the Bijan, the range of Bijan, as Ryan's pointing out, Charlie, Charlie has been mocking him in the top five until recently. <sighs> until like, recently. That's, God. That's why we were talking. We talked in recent episodes about you know so how some box are just like, hey, this guy's just putting something out there for you know for the sake of putting it out. He doesn't. Well, like, believe I don't want to say. I genuinely don't think that Charlie and Walter like we're not on like a first name basis, but it's Walter football. So like Walter's mock on his own. Walt, there's two of them, and they're both 
probably in terms they're of like good. the ratings, they're the best. And they always have these plant their flag guys. And I don't think they're doing it for clicks or else they would have updated their website years ago. Um, and yeah, Bijan, I think was going three for a while and they definitely have a, they definitely lean offense from what I've picked up over the last couple of years is they value offense a little bit more over defense and they always have had plant their flag guys. And I want to say they've hit on most of them um, where like Charlie's Charlie like has refused to put project Jones in his first round. Um, and then they have, they have guys that are consensus first round guys that are without those two, they'd be hundred percent mocked in the first, uh, yeah. but they just refuse. Like, <laughs> Nolan Smith, Walter put out an update yesterday. Nolan Smith, he has out of the first. Uh, Darnell Wright, Banks, Kincaid. I, he, they're hot takes, but like I just value their opinions too much. That is, don't think. Like, and then you have like McChrystal, who. Eh, I don't even want to get into that one, but yeah, and, and that's the thing about. too. We've mentioned. It feels that like this is the thing. We we say this the most often, but we mention what day it is. Like it is March fifteenth. Like this is a thing with the the Walter and Charlie mocks. Like they're really good, but they're not really good in March. But like you you can like you said, it's stuff to take note of. If there's a consensus top ten guy and they have him at twenty five over and over, like it does feel like there's a little signal there. Or if there's a guy who's being mocked near the second half of the, you know, the last half of the round, and they're having way higher than everybody consistently. You do usually find some signal that they they either correct it or it's like, oh man, the the more often than not, it feels like the market and the you know the overall mock draft consensus does kind of correct to some of those weird outliers they tend to throw in. And I'm not sure if it's sources, information, or just how they you know how they think teams value positional players and or positional value at certain spots. But I'm still like when I, when I do my mock, I'm almost certainly going to mock him to Tampa Bay when I'm finished here. And Walter drafts, Walter mocks players to teams. So like the one that he updated yesterday, he has Will Anderson to the Cardinals. And then he has Richardson to the Raiders at seven. But in the context, he's saying he he there are three teams that he thinks are going to trade with the Cardinals, and right now he would say the Raiders are the most likely. So like when I'm putting them into my sheet, I'm putting like I'm flip flopping them. Um, where he yeah. doesn't actually see Anderson going third, he sees Richardson going third. Um, but he's not putting it in his mock. He's not actually making the trade. Kind of steering back a little to betting. Do you think the Anderson first overall defensive player number is correct? Yes. Like At this it, point, yes. Almost, almost feels like it's short. I would the, agree. The Wilson hype was almost entirely predicated on, like, it felt like it was predicated on wingspan. And it's just like, hey, he's going to measure big, and he's going to measure okay, and everything's going to look good in Indianapolis. And it was Jeremiah, honestly. Yeah, 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 and, and that, yeah, that didn't hurt either. And and then everybody moved him up and bet him at a long number and the steam happened, but it does just feel like there's a, still a decent gap, obviously for different reasons with Carter, but uh, there's a gap between Anderson and Wilson slash Carter. Yeah, he, so, the, I don't the know if it's is, ball at a big juicy number like this, but it does feel correct or at least short. Yeah. I mean, but Wilson also hasn't done anything where everyone freaked out when Jeremiah put him at three in his first mock. And then Wilson is still, like recovering from an injury. So he couldn't participate in combine assuming he does his pro day, whenever that is, I'm assuming it's soon. If he goes off, then things can get shaky. Um, but yeah, I would agree. And Carter's just following more and more. Um, I think he like two weeks, he's gained like 10 pounds. He's not participating. Hope I would guess he does like a personal pro day in a couple, in a month or so, uh, right before uh, for teams to come out. But, yeah, the the tw- it's funny. The tweet is just being shared in uh, my work Slack because you know we have a strong Chicago tie. And the the family tweet says uh, Carter's pro day. He was nine pounds heavier than at the combine, and in quotes couldn't finish his position drills. 
So I don't know what that means. It's, there's people like saying he's he's tanking this on purpose just to. to I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's had some things to take care of the last two weeks that probably kept him from being in the gym or whatever training. So who knows? But um, you would assume that if the pro day was a couple of weeks from now, maybe you would hope that he's a lot better. But if if anybody has been stress eating, I could give him a pass. Like. Yeah. The nine, nine pounds isn't that much for a guy that size either. Like I, I remember like just some of the heavyweights over the years when I wrestled in high school. Like those guys would fluctuate 15, 20 pounds between you know two, three days sometimes, based on the, their ball movements and how much they ate. So it's not that big. I think it's kind of sensationalized at this point. I, I do believe what you're saying as far as a personal pro day or uh, a workout for certain teams like that, yeah. just with him rather than a full team pro day. That checks out. We should uh, uh we should probably go over like number one odds after the trade. Which... Yeah, talk about that. Do you think it's a bridge too far at this point? Because that was some steam, motherfucker. So yeah, I mean, Stroud should definitely be the favorite. We talked about how we thought he's going to be the number one pick before this trade, anyway. And like, I I believe he's going to be the number one pick, but I don't believe it. It's the same argument right now where Stroud's minus two fifty. He shouldn't be minus 250 for the same reasons that Bryce should never have been minus 250. But trade happens. Everyone freaks out. And in an extremely sensitive market, it's just going to pump it up uh, where, like, he should be, like, Richardson is favored over Bryce right now in DraftKings, which is crazy. And Levis is 45 to 1, which is also crazy. And he was 6 to 1 not too long ago. Uh, But to me, I would say it's – yeah, it's either Stroud or Richardson. Again, we're in the Mac Jones Trey Lance situation. Um, there's going to be tweets. There's going to be hype. I think we've even seen the Panthers potentially trading out, and we've also seen Bryce Young is also like who they love because of David Tepper. There's going to be crazy, crazy, crazy noise. Uh, but like Stroud, I would make minus two hundred. Let's say uh, Richardson should not be plus. 275. Richardson should probably be. I don't even know. Like, we don't even know. Like, I just think it's, it's Stroud. It's, it's, like, no, it's, it's hard to put in a number. I think it. it's Stroud, but I also think it's too high. So it's like, what the hell? Um, it's just not bettable. This is like last year, too, where, and I'm not even sure if I'm going to get the, the, it's like drawing lines between two columns where you have Shad, you have Belkey, and you have. Peterson. And it was like, hey, these three people like three different players the first. Let's see who wins. That stuff happens. And these, you know, you don't have to like make your decision if you're a team right now. Like that for sure was happening inside the Jacksonville organization where they were they were jockeying for who could make the best argument to convince the other two and decide to, you know, to take Walker at that spot. But there for sure shouldn't, you know, even when we really thought it was Walker and it started to steam, not so sure it should have been that heavy of a, a, a steaming at that point because there were still discussions going on internally. And I think that's kind of what you're hearing too with, uh, you know, with what we have in Carolina. Like different people like different quarterbacks. And I, I will stand by this for the longest time. There's The four quarterbacks are so different. Right. And I don't think there's a huge gap between the four because of the the glaring weaknesses and all. And it's funny too, because I'm not sure how Stroud didn't get steamed before. Like he was the one guy where what's his glaring weakness. Uh, he played at Ohio state where the wide receivers are all, you know, like a decent chance to go to the hall of fame, the way we look at him right now, because right. the guy's there, name there is, is Marvin Harrison for Christ's sakes. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of that. And that was his weakness where it's like Bryce is tiny. Uh, you know, Levis maybe just didn't have the success. Richardson is raw as shit. Like he just didn't are, have any narratives. Yeah, like, there, there was no, no like narrative building around him. You're right. Yeah, there was nothing to talk about, which is kind of why he never got hyped. Which, like, for the exact reasons there was nothing to talk about, is exactly why we thought he was going to go one before all of this happened. But yeah, I mean, there just is less to talk about, and there's so much to talk about about the other two, specifically with the size being extreme. And then Richardson having extremes on both in terms of if he's ready and then athleticism. Um, and then Bryce was just like, this is who we're going to get, which it, to me is number one pick because 
I think I've said this before. I can't remember the last time the number one pick didn't start day one, um, which is why I feel like the Seahawks and the Raiders are such – just makes so much sense for those yeah. two. Uh, where, like, the Colts – who did the Colts sign a QB? I don't even know. No, they kept, they have like no one on their roster. Yeah, like, they got rid of Matt Ryan. That that and that's the thing too. People pointed to that's the other free agency news that like it it kind of splashed a little at first glance, but then you dig down a little and like oh this doesn't matter with uh with Andy Dalton. Like the Andy Dalton signing oh, is yeah. like yeah he's good enough to start, but he's also like hey we're fine paying you this for backup money because backups are important and also you're just a You'd be a really good, uh, you know, however you want to say it, like uh, the Kevin Costner part in Bull Durham, where you, you just take this young guy under your wing and like teach him how to live up here. Yeah, he's not a bridge. Like Jimmy G and Gino are like bridges. Yeah, like those bridge are bridges bridge. for sure. We're like Dal- Dalton's still... not a bridge. <laughs> Correct. But he but is... also, if it's just you go through camp and whoever you draft isn't ready, you can start Andy Dalton and not feel horrible about it because yeah. you have no expectations this year. So. Uh, people are like, oh, this, you know, right away someone's like, doesn't this just feel like you're taking Richardson because he's not ready to start? I'm like, nah, this, the Andy Dalton thing just feels like you could still take any of the four guys and it's still just, that was a good shrewd move for the amount of, the amount of money they paid him to get that kind of guy on the roster. Right. And I mean, this, the same thing goes with the, the other teams that are kind of quarterback hungry. Although to your point, like Garoppolo, it does feel like a bridge. Gino, he got paid, so it has to be a bridge. And I guess the, the Texans, out of all the teams, the Texans seem like the most likely one where it's just like, get in there. You're starting day one. We have <laughs> we're starting at the bottom. doesn't matter. Get in there and play. See what you got. And like Bryce to the Texans just feels – I don't know how Ben mentioned we have, we'll never know what the Texans are going to do. But mm-hmm. Bryce to the Texans just feels like more – like it just like – Pencil it in, done. Uh, which is probably why we don't have number two, number three, number four odds available because they'd be basically the same as number one pick odds, which at the current moment, there isn't a lot. I couldn't remember the one. Yeah, I forgot Case Keenum signed. <laughs> Going back there's, to his college days. There's really not a lot. In terms of the markets right now, everything has been led dry. Movement-wise, the tight end, both Mayer and Kincaid have both gone up a little. Where May, like Kincaid's plus one fifty now, which is some movement. Where Mayer has, I guess, bridged the gap, but they're both like minus one ten, I think, at one point. Um, and then in terms of like the offensive lineman market, which I think is if there is a dart you could throw, I. I I don't even know. There's been rumors about you know Roger Jones, Darnell Wright, and Anton all going first, which I think Jeremiah tweeted out about – was it Wright? Wright and Anton have both gotten tweets where they've both gone from like 20, 30, 40, 50 to 1 to like now they're – Darnell Wright's 750 and Anton's plus 1,500. Yeah. And the, the one I – and I didn't watch enough of it maybe to even have this, like, take, but it's hard to see a guard going before the tackles. I wish that should be a market. Give me a, a price on, like, interior – first interior lineman. I'd love to see that. I don't think you'll get that. But uh, that that's the funny thing, too, is, like, you're seeing – because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Osiris Torrance is an interior lineman. Like, he, he plays guard. I'm almost right. – yeah, he's like, basically Zion Zion from last year for the Chargers. Yeah, like, he's so just he, gonna he's, go in the he's just gonna go in the twenties. Like he looked me. great. He looked great at the combine, and he's a huge freaking dude. And he's gonna probably play very well for someone. But the fact that he's been steamed up to like fourth choice says a lot about that market. Like no one's taking God these famous last words when something wild happens. But nobody's taking a guard. When there's high end tackles available, like the tackle is just kind of more important. If you have a need at interior offensive line, you fill that need later on. The the positional value is a lot lower. So, as much as I liked him, I'm like, I don't think he plays outside. So, yeah, yeah. right, right. You can have it a bigger, big enough price. Harrison, you can find 12 to 1 if you really want. Um, it's funny too, finding these draft odds. I stumbled into uh, one of the offshores is hanging who will have uh, hard knocks. 
You want to guess what the Jets' price is there now? What? It's minus three hundred. Jeez. Not not that's not predictive or indicative of anything, and they just hang that to get people to bet on the other teams. I suppose I'd still look at the Bears in that one. Um, uh, tight ends. I mean, it, it's for me. It's probably still just Paris Johnson going first overall as as mm-hmm. far as the uh, offensive linemen go, but. Anton Harris, you're right, has gotten some steam. There was like five off tight ends that felt like got some steam. And now you see that Darnell Washington number is beat all the shit. And you've kind of got a bit of a, a bit of an upper crust there between, you know, we had Meyer and Kincaid for the longest time, and now Washington has snuck his way in there. Ahead of much Musgrave, which surprised me. Yeah, which Musgrave didn't test as well, I think, as everyone thought he would at the combine where I think there was some Insta videos or like hype vids out about him having like the craziest spark score or something for someone his size. And then he went into the combine and just did regular stuff. Um, just so. regular stuff. I like <laughs> just regular guy. Uh, it's, it's weird too, how quickly you forget the combine. Like it's all people want to talk about for, for a couple of days, just like, oh my god, see how high this guy. He's an offensive lineman. You see how high he jumps. And it's like why... I can't even I can't even remember which one it was now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just like it's immaterial at this point to a lot of it's stuff. why NFL is king. Like yeah. combine, everything talking about. And now we got free agency and Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff, which can we not wait until it's over? Which I just want it all to be over, hopefully get over under soon. Um which I'm like almost hesitant to like say in case like it just just give it to us feed us please yeah you gotta I'm be getting close um yeah that's kind of kind of it for markets you do have the team to draft Richardson like you said you could get a big number there's places down to ten to one on Richardson to the Raiders uh, I could see a few different numbers that you could. <sighs> some long shots if you really want to get weird with that. I'm not. The hooker number is, that's one of those don't bet it. I don't yeah. think he's been really, like, he's great. He's been linked to, like, no one. And it's going to be yeah. so much later where you're just not going to understand. Like, it'll be a team that doesn't really have quarterback as a need that might take him because there's a there's a big gap there. I didn't understand why they put a hand in hooker uh, market up at all. It doesn't it's feel just- like something they would take any money on. It's just a name brand in quarterbacks to get people to bet who think they know that don't. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's really, there's really nothing. Um, I guess I missed. I missed wide receivers. It's still JSN as a favorite with Johnston yeah. second, Addison third, Flowers Hyatt, and then uh, I mean at that point we're not betting like Rasheed Rice to be the first wide receiver off the board. I don't care what happens, <laughs> but there was a who drafts JSN number up and it's weird that the the bears are the favorite again this is just bavada i'm not sure what FanDuel of what they had for that the bears being the favorite feels really weird i know they need wide receivers but they kind of need everything too and you know they they didn't get the guard they wanted um yeah FanDuel is ravens texans and then bears and then patriots and then packers in terms of the favorites which i think and then it gets into the higher numbers with Giants 10 to 1, Cowboys 10 to 1, then we're 16 and up. Where Vikings, in terms of like guys or teams that could trade up, I guess the Vikings are interesting. But like I, I genuinely think it's going to be either the Texans, Patriots, or Packers, I guess you could say, which Jackson going to the Texans at 12 is one of the more consensus mock picks now that Gonzalez isn't going six automatic anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's somewhat taking on DraftKings. He's minus 150 to be first. Fandle is even odds. Um, and everyone else is just creeping higher and higher. And, uh, the the last of the betting odds I have up, which, I mean, there's a Quentin Johnston. Where's he go to? I'm not really looking seriously at that right now. You have the head-to-heads as well. You have Richardson, Levis, Gonzalez, Witherspoon, JSN Addison, I uh, got a Meyer Kincaid, I have Johnson Skaronsky and Flowers Hyatt. 
those that are the ones I found in an offshore. Any, have you looked at those at all? Any interest in anything or any thoughts on why they, they look so off on a couple of these to me? Yeah. Like DraftKings has basically the same where they've all been, they're all on a, like not that or like Zay Flowers is minus 400 to go over Hyatt at this point. Yeah. Richardson's minus 250. Like the only matchup that has like bettable odds. Offensive tackle. Yeah, Skronsky, Paris yeah. Johnson, which I bet Paris Johnson a couple of weeks ago. I've definitely lost some confidence in that. I still don't – I still think Paris is going to go. Um, but it, these – I feel like Skronsky being minus 120 might be a little bit light, but they're fair. Um, where the, all these odds like minus 400, minus 225, like these are things you bet when you know the answer on the test. Uh, yeah. which we don't yet. Just can't. No, I, I, I can bet to win 225 on these. They're, the limits aren't super high. Um, the only one I, 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 I'm with you there, the Johnson Skronsky one probably has some interest, but the other one, the other one I am looking at is the tight end thing. Oh, yeah. We're not that far out from just like Meyer is going maybe in the top 15. He's clearly the best tight end. He's the full package. He comes from a school that has traditionally produced high-end tight ends that have had success in the NFL. Like he's a Notre Dame tight end, and he's he was well loved. I I feel like that number was short. I mean, what am I what am I missing on Kincaid that it's it's I feel like it should be like minus two hundred plus one fifty rather than I have Meyer minus one twenty five, Kincaid minus one fifteen. Okay. I just talk, talk, tell me why I'm dumb here. I just don't think there's a consensus on what team is taking a tight end. Like it was the Packers for a little bit, like where he goes in that range where I'm sorry. Like, I think the lions at this point are another consensus for a tight end where not really knowing the teams that we think tight end is a priority. If one of these guys is there is a struggle because it really is like Myers, Gronk, and Kincaid is Kelsey in terms of Kelsey. Kincaid is an elite receiver, not great blocking. And then Mayers is the old school tight end. And I do think it's between those two. Like Jeremiah loves Kincaid. Um, which I, is exactly I think that's what's driving this whole market. It's like one guy with a big name like Jeremiah likes Kincaid and everybody else likes Meyer. And that, if like the, the scales are even on that. Jeremiah being like probably the one of the more, if not the like opinion that everyone values the most, which if he has his flag on Kincaid, like over mayor, that very well means another, like a specific team could feel exactly the same way um, yeah. where it just doesn't, I don't, I, I have no idea between those two. I was, I was getting to him at the, like, that was going to be my closer. It's like, and in conclusion, this is why I'm not betting it. Because like <laughs> everything else is saying Meyer's probably the right bet at a, at a cheap price like this, where I thought it should be higher, but the Jeremiah thing gives me enough trepidation not to. So I don't know any uh, any other thoughts? Did you want to talk about how some how some things hashed out in your mock? You said you did it fast though. Like, yeah, that's, fast, yeah, that's even harder. I feel like it's the only way at this point. Like gut check. Like if you think about it, then you start mocking picks so that it can like finagle picks after it. Um, but no, I mean, it's, I think the one, I, the, the one change I wanted to make, I think I had Kincaid to the Chargers at 21 and then Bijan to the Cowboys at 26. And immediately after I hit submit, I wanted to swap them. Um, but in terms of like hot take picks that I made, not trying to be like, so consensus, was at Skronsky, Raiders, Gonzalez, Falcons, Van Ness to the Patriots, Darnell Wright to the Steelers, Branch at 20, Kincaid at 21, uh, Miles Murphy falling all the way to yeah. the Bills at 27. I saw that. Um, and then the I first pick I won't have Murphy round. going that far down. I won't have I won't have Murphy going that far down. Uh, the 
kind of closing thoughts for me here on because I, I didn't get to some of this right at the beginning when we were talking free agency, but there are some teams where I'm gonna I'm gonna think a little harder about what they do later in the round based on some of the moves they made. Like a lot of mocks had one of the you know the third or fourth best corner going to Minnesota, and maybe you know just like the the Lions, like they need all the help they can get back there. They started some absolute dumpster fires in the secondary, but they did sign Byron Murphy. That's a big one. Like mm-hmm. it does kind of open them up to maybe start looking at a Thielen replacement in that spot. It's uh, having a high-end offensive player of the year, wide receiver like that, you need someone else. Like it, it just, that guy, if he's like a, you know, let's say out of a hundred, if he's like a 50, that's yeah. just enough. It's enough to like take enough pressure off the top guy. Like we did see that in, in Buffalo with Diggs. Like Diggs struggled because the rest of the receiving course sucks so bad. I think Not Buffalo great. almost like it's almost like you're getting bonus by drafting a wide receiver because it just makes another guy in your roster that's already really good all that much better. I think you kind of saw that in Philadelphia with the the duo they put together, and I, I like think Addison Minnesota, makes. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. could, I cannot agree. It's I probably, agree. I that's very probably well. who I would. That's probably who I was. I was focusing on in that area too. But Minnesota with the signing of Byron Murphy because I felt like they had to go corner, but uh, they did keep their center. They restructured Cousins to move some room. So maybe, maybe they are in on one of the. You know, it, obviously, if they go get a wide receiver in free agency, things probably shift back to cornerback. Their other big need was edge, and they ended. You know, they added Marcus Davenport. So. Their biggest need that they didn't address is probably wide receiver. Still, cornerback is probably 1A. Um, New England, keeping Jonathan Jones, probably pushes corner down there a little where they almost have to look wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas is in a weird spot. Losing Waller and adding Jacoby Myers. I, I'm not even going to talk about Vegas. I don't know what they're doing. They essentially <laughs> have nine slot receivers now. That's really something Houston made a bunch of moves, but I looked at that and said, they still need everything. None of this really changes. Keeping Bradbury was, was big, but losing slay for the Eagles. Like we talked about that. It still keeps them definitely in the market for, you know, replacing Darius slay at that point. Pittsburgh had a big need for corner as well, but they were further down the board. They got Patrick Peterson. Who's an old, uh, so I don't think they're out of the market if there's a decent cornerback there. The cornerback part is interesting. Like whatever that over under opens for the amount of corners, even with some of these signings, I think I'm I'm going to be in the market for the over because there's so many so many teams need it, and it feels like the the life cycle of a corner is so much shorter at this point now. Too, um, Seattle made some moves, but they still need edge and everything else. Um, Tampa keeping Jamal Dean. That's another corner one. I mm-hmm. don't think a lot of mocks had Tampa taking a corner because they have another needs too, but that's, that's, I guess, important enough to kind of keep things on the, on the level there. And then Washington adding several offensive linemen because Washington is, these are all teams. I'm naming all these teams that and corner is one of their first, second or third needs Washington as well. Their secondary, probably again one one a. They needed help on the offensive line, and they need help in at corner. And the fact that they went and got Wiley and Nick Gates mm-hmm. probably leads to a spot where, hey, you need a corner, but you're drafting 16th. How much do you like Porter? How much do you like, uh, you know, basically any of the other guys that are close? I don't know if Banks or anyone else has a chance to fly that high. So them trading back and still taking a corner makes sense, but Porter is probably going to turn into a very trendy spot for Washington Mm -hmm. to grab. If you're looking at other mocks, I haven't looked at a ton this week. I haven't had time, but I'm guessing there's a bunch that have Joey Porter jr. Heading to our nation's capital. Yeah. It's like Washington Steelers are the two Porter trendy picks. Yeah. And again, that's another one too, where Washington probably <laughs> still takes a corner. But now that you signed Peterson and he had a nice year in Minnesota, you, you're open to take a lineman or maybe some 
some help. They need help all over the defense. They need some some edge rushers. They need a linebacker. They need interior off or defensive line as well. So it, they Pittsburgh's probably in a nice spot to just take best available of like the five things they need. Yeah. Where, but yeah, like six corners off the board in the first round. I'm gonna just say that at 54, 59 on the six. Look at like when when we come back to this, like I wouldn't be surprised if it just goes nuts and a couple of these these almost first rounders slide up into the first now. You need now you need a hot take. What's your hot take on like something like that? A hot take. Mine mine might be. Oh, I'm gonna do this. One tight end, six corners. That's my first round. Can one fall? tight end. <gasps> Maybe two. I'll prepare a hot take. I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I think there's going to be a ton of tackles. I mean, like I'm seeing seven is like the median right now for me. Six or seven. Yeah. There's like five that are locks, but then there's like three or four that could go in the first. Like yeah, Juan like, Jones, Anton, Juan Jones, and Anton Harrison. Like, if they get a steam. little bit of steam, all of a sudden it's like there's like five tackles and a couple, couple interior guys going, and we're all of a sudden at seven offensive linemen in a hurry. And then, I mean, you got to steal from another group at that point. At that point, probably some defensive linemen fall, or like Breesy or White. Yeah, I, mean, that's interior, a- I feel like in, interior defensive linemen or maybe some linebackers start to fall then. I mean, in one of the like random ass plant my flag guys that Charlie Campbell has is Jalen Duncan, who's a tackle out of Maryland. He's had in like he has him at 17 right now. He's had him in the teens for a few weeks, which Jalen Duncan isn't getting clicks. I'm sorry, but like that's another tackle where that puts us at seven um, in terms of like it's just, yeah, um, I think tackles are. Tackles and corners. And big kid, small school, the the redheaded kid. You saw testing at the combine from yeah. North Dakota State. He's not getting mocked in the first, but those are the kind of guys that are everybody's saying, like, hey, yeah, he's an early day two guy. The Syracuse kid, um, the the center from Minnesota that I put in my first one. Yeah. There's a, a lineman from, and again, he's an interior guy, a lineman from TCU. There's, there's a, there's, yeah, there's like six or seven where it's like, hey, everybody's going to have these guys between like 32 and 45. And some of those guys will sneak in. So I'm more so, more than North Dakota State did, does feel like a Patriots pick, Dan. Cody Mach. Cody Mach. Yeah, there you go. I remember him him doing some, some workouts at the combine. But yeah, I, again, the theme of every show so far, patiently waiting for these markets because I want to look at what total offensive linemen, total tight ends, and total cornerbacks open up at. Those are very intriguing to this guy. As am I. So. Cool. All right. Well, a few more days of high-end, like, you know, lots of news constantly having to keep up with it. Then it does die down a little bit for a while, but... This is exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to adding. I'm, I'm guessing I missed a bunch of shit while we were doing this. Oh yeah, I put on do not disturb. So, uh oh, should we break this? You're a Patriots fan. I want I want instant. Oh, you don't seem happy. I'm not. You don't think that's a? I mean, it, I don't it, think it, that's a big enough move to keep you from drafting a wide receiver. No, I, that's I agree with that. Like he's a body. Like we needed bodies at this point. Uh, he's an above average body, uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's not going to be on his, what is it? Uh, Twitch or whatever the fuck he, yeah. TikTok. Like, I, will not have any, I won't have any TikTok. Uh, I will not have any TikTok slander here, Luke. Uh, Dan, yeah, producer gonna... Dan made a TikTok of me the other day. Just half a million hits. Not a big deal. Hell yeah. The best part is just rubbing it into my 11 year old daughter's face. Like, mm. oh. Got like a couple hundred. Yeah, Dad's kind of crushing TikTok. Sorry, <laughs> that's uh, that's what Juju. I do with my life, guys. So, yeah, Juju right. doesn't change things, but cool. no, Ju- Juju plus a yeah. draft pick. That's an exciting. Like you got to give Mac something to work with. Yeah, I don't. I don't legitimately think Mac Jones sucks. So I'm. I'm looking for. 
I'm I'm looking for more if I'm the Patriots. Give me a little more. Especially since you, you traded away a receiver already in a tight end. Tank for Caleb. God, wouldn't that be something fucking Patriots? All right. So, all right. Anything else? Or we'll call it a call it a week. We're good. All right. For me, Luke, and everyone, we'll check you next week. Probably more news.